This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. You're welcome in. Tuesday, December 12th, Fantasy Footballers DFS Embedding Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. Why do we subject ourselves to this torture, Bets? The torture of DFS and betting and stress of fantasy football. You know, Kyle, it's not for everyone, but it's a lifestyle, and this is the lifestyle we chose. Is it a lifestyle brand is what we're going for? And is that <laughs> lifestyle brand just like, like cruel, cruel, internal torture of the mind yeah but if you listen we've talked about this a lot you know if you play all forms of fantasy or betting or whatever if you're playing dfs if you're playing season long with your redraft you know your home league you're playing dynasty you literally are always winning you know like nothing could go wrong like last night i needed Tua to have a down game to advance into the playoffs in one of my leagues but i also played a ton of Tua on the two two game shape uh, slate for monday night so it was like man if Tua goes off i missed the playoffs but hey maybe i'll make some money well Tua did not go off I did not make some money. However, I'm in the playoffs. So like, this is what we do, Kyle. This is how we rationalize <laughs> this crazy thing that we do. And, um, you know, like I said, either way, you're cheering for something uh, or nothing all at the same time. I hated going to bed last night because I <laughs> I legitimately stayed up to watch the entire game because I had hope in a couple of different spots till the very, like, final drive. Of so that Will Dolphins Levis got game. you, huh? Will Levis definitely got me. It, and... and Count me as somebody who didn't believe that Will Levis uh, would be able to come back like that. But here's my bigger point, is that fantasy football, DFS, is a game of percentages, probability, and variance. We know that. That's what DFS is about. And so I I hate that that I know that going in. Okay, so like I can't ever blame a player. I can't blame anything. I can't blame Tua. Although, man, at the very end of that game, 
what were they doing, man? Like Tua just in the pocket kept collapsing. I know they had offensive line injuries, but it's, and I'm going to quote, you know, some Avenger stuff here, but I'm not the only one that's cursed with knowledge. You're not the only one, Thanos said. It's like the not, the curse of this game is that there is variance and it can hit like a ton of bricks. And last night it was giants and Titans pulling out improbable wins. And in DFS in general, it, it changed what we thought we could go in. Now, Betts and I got to do a little live stream together, a Discord event, which was super fun, man. I feel like there were some calls on that, like the Giants defense was one of the stronger calls that we had and said, hey, now we might have talked a bit about Tyreek injuries and what that could mean, but we'll ignore that part, right? <laughs> you hurt Tyreek, dude. It's all your fault. Um, no, obviously the Tyreek Hill injury is going to be massive on this slate that we'll talk about you know, throughout the week, certainly as we get later in the week, because that's going to change the outlook for two. It's going to change the outlook for uh, Jalen Waddles, you know, outlook. It's going to change potentially getting a pump play on like Cedric Wilson or someone. So we'll talk about that as the week goes on. But peek behind the curtain for everyone. We did a, a nice little two game preview just in Discord last night, uh, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I felt like we got a lot of things right. We got some things wrong, obviously, but you were on Giants and their defense. And you said, hey, take the points with the Giants at home and let's sprinkle on the money line. Uh, Tommy DeVito saves the day for the boys so that was fun but the other thing that you mentioned <laughs> was look from a game theory standpoint Tyreek Hill is going to smash there's no question about it right but you said injuries happen in the NFL and if you don't play Tyreek there's sort of a chance it could happen that's literally what you said <laughs> and so I gave you a hard time <laughs> I texted you like as soon as the injury happened I was like you are terrible man you hurt Tyreek it was all your fault so if anyone out there you know playing in, in redraft leagues or dynasty leagues or whatever has Tyreek and he could miss this week. Uh, you can thank Kyle uh, for that one. It was it was an interesting night on a couple different levels, but we move on. We're going to talk about our cash review from this past weekend, which man, I feel like a lot of our calls and the best plays, a lot of things we talked about on this podcast into the weekend. A lot of listeners had some good success this past week, so we'll talk about that and then talk about this week fifteen slate where once again the afternoon rules like there are three legitimate games that the field is going to have to deal with. So late swap, I'm sorry. Like if you don't like, if you don't crush in the early window, like you're a couple of picks, like you might have lineups where you played one guy or two guys in the early window, maybe like a defense and somebody else. And then the onslaught. So please, I beg you do not show anyone your screenshots from the early window because they will not matter because the entire slate will change. So if you want to get all of our picks, you can get them in DFSPass.com. Like we mentioned this past, I mean, this past week, we just threw in some more free stuff for the people and our our discounts are still stupid good. Now, just to be clear, the DFS Pass goes through the playoffs and our articles on there, our tournament takes articles, all of those are still moving on. So we're not just saying, here's our picks move on. We're actually saying like, here's the best way to attack each slate. And I would say slate context is something that over the years, I've appreciated more and more of understanding what you need on a slate and how this slate is different from the previous one and how you can't play the same as the week before. So go to DFSPass.com if you want to get that and use the promo code DFSPOD if you want to hang out with us. I mean, over the holidays, you can have people to hang out with and make money. Sounds like a get rich quick scheme. It sort of does. And, you know, let's be honest, the holidays, they can be a little stressful for people. Family coming over, you know, you got travel plans, whatever. Uh, we're here to make your holiday more enjoyable. And, dude, we got 
we got football all day on Christmas Eve, which is going to be tough for, for me and my family. And then we have three games on Christmas Day, I believe it is this year. So thank you, NFL, for ruining the holidays for everyone. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Straight cash, homie. So this past week, I think what I felt best is getting a read for what the field was going to do. And it's the question I I bring up all the time is, what does this player have to do in order to hurt me or to help me if I play them? So when we look at players that are super popular in cash or project to be super popular, you still have to ask yourself the question, if I fade this person, how are they going to hurt me? And it's, it's, you're playing a card game. And when you flip over the cards in head to heads or double ups, if 70% of the field is playing Zach Moss, you just play Zach Moss and you try to figure out a different spot in your lineup where you can gain an edge. But there's no point when you're playing cash to ignore those players. Like, yes, the ceiling might not have been there. And Zach Moss could have been a player that you faded in tournaments. But once again, in cash, it was CMC and Moss for us and CMC actually had a snowflake in the lineup did you see that where it's like this guy scored 19 points and he ended up with a snowflake and yet he was like the rb you know six and if you only looked at cash game guys he was like the rb4 uh on the slate yeah it's just silly what his role is like like you said 19 points for him is a quote-unquote bad game his floor is 20 points like that's literally what you're getting with cmc uh barring injury every week and uh, did actually kind of run bad you know obviously the first play of the game rips off that 75 yard run or whatever it is tackled out the four in comes Jordan Mason just to give CMC a breather and he scores on that play so yeah I mean that's kind of the way it goes sometimes but we were really strong on CMC and uh, Zach Moss just because you could project you know 18 plus 20 plus touches for those guys most weeks and in cash at the prices that they were that's really hard to pass up I thought the decision point on the slate uh, there was two things. One, at quarterback, you know, we talked about Fields or Purdy. Turns out they were both great. Didn't really matter a ton. And then, you know, it was the play of Keenan uh, and, you know, a cheaper potential CEH. Or do you go all the way up to Alvin Kamara, who we got the news that Taysom Hill was ruled out, Chris Olave battling the flu, you know, Rashid Shahid still out, Michael Thomas on IR. The list goes on and on. Um, I ended up jamming in the running backs and playing Kamara. Looked like it was going to be off to a good start with the touchdown and then just kind of, you know, fizzled out from there. So interesting slate, I thought, for cash uh, with those decision points kind of along the way. But yeah, man, the uh, the run out for ta- for uh, Alvin Kamara without Taysom, with Derek Carr there to check down with the wide receiver injuries, I was like, man, he's going to he's gonna smash against the Panthers. And uh, he did not smash against the Panthers. Yeah, that was one of the overwhelming factors because I didn't have Kamara in my cash lineup until an hour before lock. Just because I, his projection wasn't as strong in, in other lineups because he was expensive, right? 8200 isn't cheap by any means. But I think the way that I felt most comfortable in the slate was the cheaper wide receivers that were seeing volume. So Rasheed Rice was our by far our wide receiver one on the slate. He ended up being 60% rostered. That was a play that I just... If you didn't play Rice, I, I felt like you were getting too cute. And then one of the things, I don't know if we just ran into a ceiling game and got lucky, but Drake London was one of our top plays as well at 4,600. He gets a little bit of a price bump this week, but man, Drake London was a baller in that game and almost brought the Falcons all the way back and wait, oh, they did. And then they lost, but we all knew that was going to happen. But um, yeah, I think wide receiver was kind of the main spot of if you hit on those guys, if you played Keenan or Amon Ra, I think you ran into just a bad result for usually safe guys, but there were 
Guys in the middle range, Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore, Drake London, Rasheed Rice. Those were some of our top plays. And if you want to get those, you get those in the best plays article, which we have, and it comes out on Saturday. So uh, make sure you uh, you look at those. Let's move on. State of the main slate. I feel like I'm doing the people a disservice because I didn't do a money, money, money section. But we had a lot of good wins this past week, right? Yeah, there was actually a lot of people that had success. I, I think a lot of people crushed cash games, which is fun. And then I saw a few tournament uh, sweats that people had in the Discord. I don't know that I saw like any major winners, but a lot of like really nice scores and a lot of uh, good payouts. And uh, you know, Kyle, someone did play a Ritter to London stack that you mentioned. Ritter could finish as the QB one on the slate. I think he put up like twenty nine DK points <laughs> in this spot. So uh, shout out to you, you called it. Yeah, that was a fun one to see. Yeah, I, I'm looking at some of mine that I've been tagged in. Somebody won six hundred. Uh, somebody won three thousand. So, but Ooh. I think cash was definitely super strong um, this past week. But yeah, it was nice to see like, oh, like Ritter, was he good? Eh, I don't know about that. But I definitely think that it's in the realm of possibility for us to get these cheap quarterbacks. Like you saw last night, it was Tommy DeVito and Will Levis. You get these 5K quarterbacks and uh, you can actually get there in a tournament. But moving on to week 15, we're going to be looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where Bets and myself play. Go to sportsbook.draftkings.com and I'll let you check in with a wager that is live right now, which only means that terrible things will happen to it. Oh, certainly. This is the way it goes. Um, look, the Eagles were horrific on Sunday Night Football. I mean, laid an egg, just completely inept. However, my friend, I could sleep at night because I'm holding a Dak Prescott ticket for MVP <laughs> at 40 to 1. So yeah, the loss hurt, but it didn't hurt as bad as it, it could have otherwise. So he is currently the betting favorite at plus 150 on most books. I saw that. Uh, that's where he is on, on DK. That's where he is on FanDuel. A couple other spots as well. So I'm big time hoping for the Cowboys to go on the road this week and beat the Bills. Huge matchup in this spot, 49 point total, close spread. So it, it really could be a pick em by Sunday. So that's kind of where I'm at with Dak. But I do think there's a little value on the board now with kind of what's happened. Um, obviously, entering the game, it was kind of a three way, not tie, but very close with Dak, uh, Brock Purdy, and Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles still have a chance at the one seed and their schedule coming up is insanely easy they get the giants i think twice they get the cardinals at some point so it should be a somewhat clean run out for the eagles um i don't know man i'm kind of interested now at i think it was plus 680 or plus 650 i can't remember that i saw on dk for for jalen Hurts. so what are your thoughts there if you missed the boat early in the year it's so close right now where i think there is value in hurts i just think the public perception because it's such a narrative award too. Like we're looking at stats, but we're looking at narrative base is this team is trending in the wrong direction and it's how you finish. That's just really all that matters. So I think it just comes down to between the Cowboys, the 49ers, who gets the one seed. Yeah. And, and that's like, so the, so the Eagles get, the Eagles get uh Seahawks on Monday night this week. They get the giants on Christmas day, the Cardinals at home on new year's Eve. And then the Giants to close out the season. So if they run the table, they've got a chance. For sure. Yeah. I, Lamar is an interesting value, but his counting stats are so much further down than where they've ever been before. Like you even look at his rushing totals. It's like, man, he had his best rushing game since like week three. 
uh, this past week. And I just feel like they're kind of like set over there in the AFC where like it's pretty clear like 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles has kind of been in conversation of these are the best teams. So I can't really go anywhere else other than Purdy or Dak. So I probably won't be betting it anymore. Um, But hey, you're holding a ticket. It's good. I did want to ask real quickly about offensive player of the year because Tyreek has been the favorite. It's kind of been Tyreek as a lock. Tyreek's going to break the record and he's still at minus 220. If Tyreek were to miss this week, is Christian McCaffrey a good bet at plus 150? And then is our boy CD Lamb alive? Or is it just like, wow, we got good closing line value? I mean, it's moved in the right direction compared to last week, slightly. Uh, it is now plus 1800. So there's a chance that CD Lamb could take this down. But I think a lot has to go right. Like you said, not only does Tyreek probably have to miss a game or just have a, a down game, um, and then Christian McCaffrey also just has to stop being incredible, which probably won't happen, right? So I don't know that it's necessarily live. I think it's more of the one of those, hey, nice process, <laughs> nice process bet, as you say, when the money leaves your account. Um, but I think McCaffrey is probably worth the sprinkle at plus 150. I mean, these high ankle sprains, you know, clearly came back into the game at points last night. So it's not a major injury, but they tend to get worse kind of throughout the week. So I think there's a chance Tyree could miss this week. And then who's to say he's not 100% the next week, right? And then you have a couple down games. So uh, I think it's definitely possible. You know, I think if you're getting plus money on it, I think it's okay for CMC. And I will say this, like Tyreek's schedule, final four games against the Jets at home, which isn't great, against Dallas, at Baltimore, it's and brutal. against the Bills. So it's it's tough, but it's also Tyreek, so it doesn't really matter. But if you wanted to play a little bit of narrative, I think there is some value. If you want to get CMC at plus 150 right now, you can go for that. Let's look at this slate. And we only have a 10-game main slate this week because we have Thursday night game where the Chargers can't hurt us emotionally anymore. I guess you're writing up the Thursday night article, but I feel so much pain. So much pain in my heart. And then we have three games on Saturday. No, I will not be previewing those. I will be... uh, Did you know I'm going to uh, Phoenix this week? Did not know that. Oh, I'm going to Phoenix (laughs) later this week. Breaking news. That's why I won't be playing the Saturday one. But um, there's a three-game slate there. A couple interesting games. But then we have 10 games on the main slate. And I mentioned earlier the afternoon games are overwhelmingly the favorites. Like Washington at Los Angeles, the Rams, 49 San Francisco at Arizona, that's at 48. And then Dallas at Buffalo is 49. So those three games in the afternoon are approaching 50. Give me the teams with the highest implied totals this week. Yeah, this is sort of just kind of, you know, the way it goes every week. The Niners are there at 30 and a half. Uh, the Rams, 27 and a half. Very strong team pl- implied total for the Rams. The Dolphins are down a little bit. They're, uh, we have it on our sheet at 26 and a half they have been bet down just with the Tyreek stuff he's there at 24 now so our order is messed up sorry about that but then Bills at 25 and a half and then Cowboys and Chiefs right around 23 and a half points yeah there's a lot of movement and I, I I share this almost every single week I post the early lines in our channel just to see if what movement there is on Monday Night Football and with the Dolphins losing they were bet down like almost a full two points in their team implied total which is wild like that's a lot to bet down, but you know that's just what happens. And the same thing with the Titans; they were actually bet up right afterwards. So the public perception after a Monday Night Football game does change things. We saw that last week with the Bengals and Jake Browning. So 
early on in the week, the teams that have these implied totals, it seems like we would just say, oh, just go for those teams. They're all super expensive, man. Like I, I, I have a hard time and I'm not, I haven't really started building lineups and I would encourage people don't start doing that on Tuesday, get a feel for the slate. But my early read is that these afternoon games are not going to be easy to stack up. Yeah. I mean, we've got commanders Rams uh, that you could probably stack up that game somewhat easily just because the commanders guys are usually affordable and there's cheap bring backs like, you know, Curtis Samuel or whoever. Um, also, uh, Tutu Atwell is in concussion protocol and there's a lot of Demarcus Robinson on the field last week. So I think he's super cheap. So there are value options there. Um, the Niners just keep getting more expensive for obvious reasons. Uh, the Cardinals, you'll have a couple value spots. I think depends on what's going on with the injuries with Michael Wilson and Hollywood Brown. But then, you know, the Cowboys and Bills is like the game of the week. But the issue is like the top quarterbacks on the slate are Dak and Jalen Hurts as far as pricing. Diggs is not cheap. Uh, CeeDee Lamb obviously is not cheap. So it's really tough to make those stacks work. And that's kind of I wanted to just touch on that real quick from last week. Um, I played on both sites this week. I Sometimes I play FanDuel, sometimes not. I played FanDuel because I wanted to get exposure to Buffalo KC. It was just easier to stack over there. I still was trying to stack it on DraftKings even though a lot of the projections you know, and kind of the way you stack and build didn't want you to do that when you look at optimizers, and it's because the pricing was so expensive, that game failed. So I had a pretty down week uh, in tournaments for that reason. So I just wanted to point out, even though the game might look great, if you're jamming in so many of the plays just to make it work for your game stack and you're sacrificing a lot of projection, which I did this week and made a mistake, um, sometimes that will come back to get you. So not saying you can't play that game or can't stack it, just be cognizant of pricing which is kind of why plays like Rasheed Rice and James Cook last week made so much sense. Yeah, like if you think about the Dallas-Buffalo game, you stack up CD, Dak, and then you try to bring it back with Diggs. Like, that's 50% of your salary right there. You need over 100 points just from those three guys. And could they do it? Sure. But it actually costs you. You could say, oh, I'm going to get 100 points. Okay, well, where are you going to make up the other 80-plus points in a tournament from a bunch of 3k guys that hit and you know last week the tight ends all hit like if if you didn't pay up for tight end you did have Isaiah Likely or Njoku or Ingram then you crushed in tournaments it's not always going to be that way so slate context is super important and uh, we'll touch on that more as we go through the week we go through our pace of play Betts and I kind of get to break down the games but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. 
Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right. Based on the games that you see in front of you, bets, what's going to be the most popular? Yeah, I just mentioned the pricing is a little bit of a concern, but I still think people are going to go there. And for obvious yep. reasons, Dallas and Buffalo is the game of the week. It's in the primetime late window at 425 on the East Coast. It is a two-point spread in favor of Buffalo, and the total has been bet up to 49 points. So we know the deal with these two offenses, right? They're they're high octane. They can put up a ton of points. Uh, these are teams that people love to play in fantasy and DFS. Uh, it's going to be a, a really fun game to watch. I'm just not sure how we'll do it as far as the stacks go, but I think it is going to be very popular on the slate. We'll talk about these players when we get to salary standouts, but Matthew Stafford is going to be stacked a lot this week with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. It's just going to be some people are going to want to play Davis Allen because of what he did last week. Like everyone's like, I had no idea who this guy was, but now I want to play him everywhere. Like this game is cheaper than the other ones, and Washington's defense has been a pass funnel the entire year. And we'll talk about their defense more, but like not just bad this year, not just bad over the last five years, but historically Washington's pass defense is really, really bad. So we'll talk about that with Stafford because he's way too cheap. Give me a sneaky game. Yeah. I don't know if there are any on this slate, truthfully, that I think I kind of like yours. Uh, but the one that I mentioned was just San Francisco and Arizona. I don't think San Francisco, you're not sneaking that by anyone, obviously, but we kind of saw it last week with uh, the Seahawks. You know, we got, Drew Locke wrapping on the sidelines to start the scheme. And, you know, DK Metcalf got there. And there was actually a decent amount of play volume from Seattle. So I just want to say, like, if Kyler's guys are healthy, I see the path where one of them as a bring back gets there for DFS. We'll have to wait and see what goes on with injuries throughout the week. But, you know, the Niners, they're a, a good defense. I would say that they have not been great the way that they have been in the past. You know, they're 14th in EPA per play, 18th in success rate since week eight. And that includes the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving where Gino was banged up and they really didn't have a chance. So uh, the San Francisco secondary in particular, you can throw on them a little bit. So I think there is a potential, you know, viable bring back that might be a little sneaky on Arizona. I'll give you a little sneaky sneak with your boy, Joe Flacco. Um, two games, 44 and 45 pass attempts. So it's not the most efficient because if you start going down like a rabbit hole, you're like, okay, that's awesome. Look at his, uh, you know, completion percentage. It is only percent that's bad people but you get some sneaky volume david and joku got there this past week you've seen elijah moore get targets you saw amari cooper peppered with a ton of targets this past week so i think there could be some sneaky correlation plays i don't know if i want to go to flacco at 5500 but if you wanted to play cooper and dj moore together i think that's an interesting kind of pairing if you wanted to go david and joku dj moore uh there's definitely some correlation in that game that I did not think we'd be talking about Chicago and Cleveland as a potential shootout, sneaky shootout matchup. But in the early window, I think you can have some exposure at a lower roster percentage. Which game, bets do you want to be underweight on this week? I'm going to go against kind of what we've been doing all year and say that I don't think the Dolphins are bad plays. I just want to be underweight this week. Now, they are on a short week, obviously playing on Monday night. And the key here is the Tyreek injury. The fact that this team total has been bet down a little bit and the game total has been bet down a little bit just gives me a little pause. 
you know, in this spot, it's the second time these teams will meet. Historically, divisional games that it's the second uh, time that they match up, those tend to be a little bit lower scoring. So just that, plus the Tyreek injury, plus Zach Wilson coming off of basically a career day, I don't know if that's going to be repeatable necessarily, especially with Miami just, you know, in the last drive getting embarrassed there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Extra motivation for that Miami team now with the Jets coming to town. I could just see this one being a little bit more of a divisional slugfest, so to speak. So I don't know that I'll get there in uh, a lot of two stacks for this spot. If Tyreek would miss, of course, Jalen Waddle would project great. You can always play the running backs, but like I don't necessarily want to get into a huge uh, game stack here. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be the shootout that you want because people look at Zach Wilson's last week and say, oh, I can just take the same thing. Now, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, I think in cash, they're going to project well because Brees Hall is basically a wide receiver, right? Like, it, you can correlate in the game, but that's as far as I want to go. I want to bring up Kansas City and New England. And I'm just going to say, don't try to tempt yourself because New England's defense has been really, really good recently. This is their point totals given up over the last four games. You ready? 10, 10, 6, 21. Like it's been nothing and they're at home. So Mahomes and Kelsey are still expensive. Like I was looking at the tight end prices. I was like, oh, maybe I could pay up for Kelsey this week. And it's like, he's not even the first read in the offense anymore. He's seeing like a 20% target share over the last month compared to Rasheed Rice's 26%. And I just can't see that game going off with Bailey Zappi there. So I don't know. Is that a game that you almost want to exit out other than maybe some, you know, one-off plays? Um, It's hard to say. I haven't really kind of digested the pricing for both of those teams yet, but you're not getting any discounts on Travis Kelsey, right? Obviously. And Mahomes is still going to be one of the most expensive quarterbacks. So I don't expect the Patriots to repeat what they did last Thursday night. Uh, and you mentioned with that defense, they have been great. They also get extra time to prepare for this game with the Thursday night game. So um, yeah, all in all, looks like a lower scoring game. And we mentioned that when we previewed the Bills game last week. I, I got talked into the over. I liked it a lot. But I mentioned like at home, the Chiefs games have been you know hitting the under pretty routinely. And we have a decent sample of the last couple of years, KC not being great against the spread. So yeah, I'm with you, man. I don't think you have to go there. All right. Which team are you most confident hitting their over of their team implied total? And you are telling people, bet this now, run to your bookie, talk to everyone you know, just hammer it. <laughs> this is this is the play. This is the the twelve unit play of the week, Kyle, brought to you by uh I don't know who. Um <laughs> I'm gonna say for this is actually a Saturday play. So on the Saturday night game, we got the Broncos taking on the Lions. I think the Broncos can score 21 plus points. That's where their team total is. So I'll take over 21. They've been over their team total in four of their last six games have the Broncos. And we've been talking about this for a little while, but this Lions defense is massively, massively struggling. Over the last uh, seven weeks, they're 28th in EPA per play, 26th in success rate, 29th in scoring, giving up 27.2 points per game. And that's not even against elite teams. These are the quarterbacks they faced in that sample. Justin Fields twice, Derek Carr, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert without any weapons, uh, Jimmy G, and then Lamar Jackson, and Lamar went off against them. But since that game against the Ravens, they have just been horrific on defense. And we know these home games for the Lions can kind of pop off and go a little wild for scoring too. So give me over 21 on the Broncos. Yeah, the Lions are kind of an interesting spot because like, they're pretty much locked into the three seed in the NFC. I mean, technically the Vikings can you know, run the table and stuff can happen. But it seems like they're a three seed. 
They'll probably have a home playoff game. And, you know, it's going to be against, right now it would be against the Vikings, but their home games are something that you can buy into, but this team is just not trending in the right direction. So I, I'm, I like that one a lot because it's Saturday. It's kind of off our radar, but Russ is somebody we've talked about. He's been annoyingly consistent, but with no ceiling at all. If you look at his games, like throughout the year, but Denver over 21 lock of the week from bets. I'm going to bring up the Cowboys. Did it surprise you the line in the game? I actually wanted to ask you about that. I was surprised the Buffalo was favored in this spot. I, I could have seen it a minus one or a pick em and would have been a little bit fine with it. But Dallas's team implied totals 23, 23 and a half some spots since week eight. They've hit their team implied total every single week. And since week eight, they've been averaging 38 points per game, second in red zone plays per game. I mean, you've been watching Cowboys games, people, and you've noticed like, hey, this team looks different. And it's weird to say this because the Cowboys are one of the teams that if you watch the NFL, you probably root against them. It's kind of like the Patriots. If you're not a Patriots fan for a long time, you root against them. Maybe people are turning on the Chiefs now. It's like, "Ah, I'm tired of the Chiefs winning. But the Cowboys right now, it's like, I'm a huge Dak fan. I'm a huge CeeDee Lamb fan. Not a Cowboys fan, but for fantasy purposes, this team's really fun. And yeah, I, I hope that they're good. I hope that they go a little bit further just for the sake of like Dak can't take them very far, but over 23.3 uh, right now for their team implied total, I would take that. Which team are you most confident hitting the under this week? I'm going to go under on Carolina, 16 and a half points. Um, look, man, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> like When you look at uh, quarterbacks over the last six games played, there are 31 quarterbacks that have played 100 plus snaps. Bryce Young is dead last. In completion rate over expected, EPA per play, he's worse than Zach Wilson. He's been worse than Tommy DeVito. He's been the worst quarterback in the league. And now you have an Atlanta team that has motivation to actually go out there and play. Like they're fighting for the division. Carolina, they have nothing to play for, right? They don't even have a first round pick next year. Like it's just bad vibes all around. And Atlanta has been good defensively, tenth in EPA per play since week ten. And, you know, against Carolina, they are a run funnel. You run on the Panthers. And what does Arthur Smith usually want to do? Run the football. So I could just see a situation where this game comes under, you know, the play clock is moving the entire time because the Falcons are running over and over again. So give me under on the Carolina Panthers, 16 and a half. I'm going to take Houston's under. It was at 18. They're against the Titans on the road. These two teams will play each other again in week 17. But Houston's just dealing with so many injuries, man. Like when you start projecting... You can look at Robert Woods in cash. We'll talk about him, but it's like Noah Brown's goose egg two weeks in a row. Dalton Schultz is dealing with his hamstring injury. Nico Collins, Tank Dell's on IR. CJ Stroud, he is in concussion protocol, correct? Correct. So it it's just, it's not good vibes at all. Divisional matchup. The Titans also, man, their pass rush was violent on Monday night. Like last three weeks, four sacks, three sacks, five sacks. And Tua had no time in the pocket. So I think the Titans can take care of business at home. And Houston is just not a team that I want to bet on this week. Let's move on. Salary standouts. All right. We are talking about these players on a Tuesday. So recognize, better recognize that things will change. We will have our eyes opened to certain players to go, oh, I didn't even look at that guy on a Tuesday. And 
I don't know, like we, we've talked about this before, but like your cash process, what does it look like from Tuesday to our Friday show? Like what, how do you kind of like slowly move through it? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, and a lot of people play the Monday night slates. So like by the time we get to Tuesday, it's like, oh, I just got to like figure out who's even on this slate, figure out, you know, the best game environments, look at pricing quickly and just kind of get a sense of like, oh, that guy probably is going to project pretty well. I like that game environment, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm looking at players right now that just the salary makes sense to me, the matchup makes sense to me. And then this is even before any of the projections come out, the optimizer comes out for, you know, the, the week ahead uh, and we get any injury news, right? So you're just kind of getting players that you kind of like at their price point in games that you like with good matchups. And then we'll let the math come out on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll get injuries and then we'll figure it out from there as far as things go. But I think you should start with a larger pool of players and then just kind of whittle it down throughout the week. That's generally what I do. Yeah, like at quarterback, I started going through the list and I go, okay, I like this matchup, I think. Uh, his price seems lower. Uh, I think he's going to project well. And you just take all of those things and you add them together and you later on in the week, you kind of weigh them out with real projections. So on a Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, do not hold players too tightly. Um, yeah, I just, I just would recommend that. So at quarterback this week, Dak at 8K, Josh Allen's a little bit more expensive, but both those quarterbacks, we're going to be playing them in tournaments. There's no question about that. It's just they're expensive this week. Brock Purdy, 6.8 at Arizona. Like my first impression is well, we've been playing him. Let's just keep going. Yeah, they are moving his price up, but it's like, you know, he was 6K a few weeks ago. Then he was like 63 and now he's 68. Like it's just not really an aggressive enough move for how many points the Niners score every week. I mean, literally every week, they're projected to score 30 points. So it's just the same as it's been the last couple of weeks. I don't think there's anything that's, you know, new analysis that we can tell you. It's Brock Purdy's been great. The Niners are great. They're rolling. They're taking on the Cardinals. So Brock Purdy makes sense to cash again this week. But what if I could hit you with a really hot stat? Like a oh, very... please. This is, a, this is the most Kyle thing. What if I told you that over the last decade, teams favored by 14 or more points... Like this already sounds like something I would send you, right? Yep, hundred percent. All right. Over the last <laughs> decade, teams favored by fourteen or more points. They've averaged thirty point four points per game, two hundred and fifty passing yards, and two passing touchdowns per game. All that tells me is you know you have a floor. You should have confidence that there's a floor. We can question the ceiling and question if CMC is the one that gets a couple of touchdowns on the ground or freaking Jordan Mason, but the floor is too high. And this team, when they're healthy, they're the best team in football, right? I think so. I think they've shown that the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, he pretty makes a lot of sense. I know you like Stafford, though, for a little cheaper. So tell me about Matty Snapback. Yeah, Stafford's just going to be somebody that you want to play. Like the last three weeks, 10 passing touchdowns. The previous nine weeks of the season, he had nine total. So he's been balling out the last three weeks. And Washington, it's the matchup, guys. Like this is the one that if you want to circle one on your counter and say, all I care about is the Washington matchup. It's the highest yards per attempt in the league at 8.1. That's the third highest of any team over the last decade. And here's the one that I had to scroll back a while. They are allowing the most passing touchdowns in the league. Okay. They are on pace to allow the second most passing touchdowns ever, ever, like ever. You know that the Eagles are not far behind. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> terrible on defense. So 6K, I think that's just such a cheap price tag. People want to save some money. They'll play Stafford. So 6K, uh, Howell's interesting. We won't talk about him too much here, but when we preview that game, 6.3, we've seen when he has volume, 
He can run the ball. That's the only thing I would poke at Stafford is he offers you nothing on the ground. So uh, Kyron Williams is another interesting play this week. But any other thoughts at quarterback? Uh, No, I think those are kind of on my short list early in the week. I will say the same thing like kind of mentioned with Stafford that you just talked about with the rushing. You will need touchdowns, right, at this price. like, And we've seen those games from Stafford where he throws for 280 or 290 and like one touchdown, and it's like, eh, it didn't really get there. Obviously, in this matchup, you can project more. So I think it makes sense this week to have him in your at least your cash pool early in the week. All right, I have a simple equation at running back. Is CMC on the slate, Bets? He is on the slate. Okay, so we should talk about him. Okay, we should play him. Yeah, that's it. 9.3. They didn't adjust his salary very much. It's against the Cardinals. They're bad. Very, very bad. And very bad against the run. So, like, Christian McCaffrey. It's crazy to say this, that he was disappointing at some level fantasy last week, and he led the week in rushing. Like, he had 145 rushing yards, and yet it was kind of disappointing for people. What do you think his his odds to score touchdown this week are going to be? Minus two fifty. I think yeah, that's that's the number that came to mind. I would not be shocked if it's like minus two eighty or something like that. Um, he, uh, what's crazy, right, is like every week people were betting it, and if you just kept parlaying your money from the week like prior, you'd be up like a thousand bucks something this year uh, on CMC's touchdowns. And but he kind of went cold, right? So like he's clearly due, which is terrifying. He's in just this not good against, anymore. <laughs> he's just fizzling out on the stretch, man. Um, against this Arizona defense and I will say one other thing that to throw in not that it really matters but like Elijah Mitchell now is dealing with another knee injury so they clearly you know have Jordan Mason for a touch or two or three per game but like it's a CMC show right and this team's still motivated as we mentioned those three teams in the NFC they're all motivated to keep playing their studs as we go through December into January Bijan Robinson at 6.8 is another great tag. His usage has been awesome over the last couple of weeks as Arthur Smith had an epiphany and said, hey, I should use this guy. 6.8 against Carolina, who's been another matchup we've kind of chased every single week. So I think early on in the week, those are my top two that I want to play. Same. Those are the two that I listed as well. Just, yeah, with the Carolina matchup, um, you know, Kamara didn't really get there to pay off his tag. But Bijan at 6,800 is a very different conversation than 8,200 for Kamara. They've given up the most rushing touchdowns in the league. So we saw with Kamara, he got in the end zone. I would be very surprised if Bijan doesn't find the end zone this week. All right, some other guys I want to mention. Rashad White just falls into 19 points. That's like what he does. You look up, you're like, oh, was he good? Not really, but he got 20 touches and he was totally fine. So um 7k is a bit more expensive they're on the road against the packers but he's just going to project well when you look at his opportunities kyron williams at 7.5 is super interesting and somebody that i might lean more into tournaments but his workload is cmc i won't even call it cmc light like it's very close to cmc's level uh, uh of what his workload is and then Brees hall at 6.4 is a wide receiver in a running back spot so on a full ppr site like DraftKings. Brees Hall at 6.4, I think, is going to project super well. Hit me with some wide receivers you like early in the week. Yeah, I'm just going to throw out right now. We'll just monitor Tyreek Hill. But if he misses, even in a, t- a tough spot, a tough matchup, I think Waddle would be very strong at 7,400. Um, we saw his just involvement as the first read last night with, with Tyreek in and out of the game was quite strong. So Waddle would be interesting. I will say the Houston guys, 
I'm keeping him in my pool for now. However, if it's Davis Mills, I am terrified. Uh, Noah Brown is 5K. Robert Woods is 4,200, taking on Tennessee, which historically, you know, this year and last year have been a pass funnel. So let's see if Stroud clears protocol. Those guys will make my player pool if he does. I, I need to go back through my Davis Mills spreadsheets and splits and just see, you know, what, what was that guy cooking with last year and the year before? Um, not much. Probably not. Jaden Reed is one of the cheaper names because he was just peppered with targets on Monday night. He's been a guy that we've talked about a lot. So at 4.9, they didn't move his price. So we're going to probably put him in the pool and say that he makes a lot of sense. Wandale Robinson, another player who's a cheap PPR. I think he's one of the better ones. Him and Robert Woods seem like the early in the week cheap PPR threats that if you want to make your lineup work, you got to punt somewhere and they look like the most obvious punts. I did want to ask you your temperature as a card-carrying member of the Terry McLaurin fan club. What do I do with Washington wide receivers? Knowing that that game's going to be popular, Sam Howell's probably going to throw the ball 35, 40 times. Can I play a Washington commander's wide receiver or do I just hate my life? Oh man, you're asking the wrong guy. (laughs) Because I have been a Terry truther for a couple years now and it has been horrible but shout out to terry you know he made a joke of it last time he someone asked him about it after the game and he said well i ran a lot of cardio out there so i appreciated that from our boy terry he did run a lot and saw zero targets he did that for you right he did it for me uh, a couple weeks ago but yeah man it's the thing that's so tricky about them is that like you said you know the volume is there but the target distribution is so spread out they were running screens to uh brown at like the three yard line in that game a couple weeks ago so you got four wide receivers that are getting targets and the tight ends and we'll see on brian robinson this week but robinson and gibson get touches out of the backfield as a pass catcher so it's one that makes hal very hard to stack kind of similar in some ways to like the niners because you know that they're going to get there but like who is it going to be um so i don't think you can play those guys in cash personally i think they're all very interesting tournament plays because i think their roster percentages will be held in check at the end of the year, Betts and I go through our DFS awards where we talk about like certain players. A lot of them are just stupid, silly things that we've talked about through the year, like punt tied into the year. But Cardio King, Terry is definitely up there. Jahan Dotson's up there. Gabe Davis, true Cardio King. And because Gabe Davis only exists as a red light, green light situation, we're on the green this week. 5,500. Hey, you want to play a narrative? They take away the top option. They're going to be doubling digs in New England. <laughs> Gabe Davis game, baby. Here we go. It is funny when you like talk to your buddy or, you know, you just, you see people online they're like, oh man, it's a big game. We know, we know that they take away this option. We know that's just how it is. <laughs> and therefore here's, here's what's going to happen. It's like, it's so hard for my brain because when I, when someone asks me, is somebody a good play? Is Gabe Davis a good play this week? Maybe like I, there's so many varying things when people talk about coverages, they talk about, you know, price points and Game environment is just Gabe Davis breaks all of those things. Whatever model you have, Gabe Davis doesn't care about it. So those are the main names I wanted to bring up. Garrett Wilson is going to keep seeing a lot of targets. He's only 5,800. I think that's fine. There's one more Wide name that I wanted really to... tough. Oh, I did want to bring up about Cup and Nakua because they are names that are now really tempting that people want to stack in cash Stafford. Uh, it's not super expensive. And you saw cup finally have a true ceiling game, 
So are you interested at all in those guys in cash? Because, you know, in tournaments, we'll probably play them. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be tough to figure out which one is the quote-unquote right answer. Uh, Cup, 10 targets last week was his highest in a very long time. But, like, Nakua also had eight, right? So it's not like he's kind of the de facto one guaranteed. So um, I would be interested in both those guys. I'm not sure kind of what we'll look at when projections come out, though. One of my favorite things is when you go to an optimizer and you go the day after the Monday night game, a lot of times it's still trying to like wait and see the projections. Like we don't have projections out on a Tuesday for the next week, but that just means that Chigakonkwo is going to be at the top. And when I started like going through, I was like going through the slate. He's so cheap at 2.9. I'm not saying he's a great play, but like Chig makes sense. And I know people will hate that, but He's one of the cheaper punt plays that you can do this week. And then we got to talk about Trey McBride because he's alive. We survived a week without Trey McBride. I can't believe it, truthfully. Uh, the wide receiver won for Arizona. Um, yeah, man, Trey McBride's interesting, 5,200. It's going to be a price thing, I think, as far as how you want to build. But just to speak to Chig, uh, I know we're biased because we've been we've been on him for a while and it hasn't worked out. But this man is coming to life when we need him most, Kyle, in the playoffs for best ball playoffs, if you somehow sneaked in oh. with Chig, <laughs> he's he's coming alive at the right time. Uh, the last three games, five, six, and six targets. At this price, he's, uh, what is he, 2,900? I mean, the dude from the Rams, who no one knew until this week, Davis Allen, is 3,300. So, I mean, I mean, come on. So I think Chig is in play. Um, it's it's the usual guys, right? Like, Brevin Jordan might be in play if we get CJ Stroud. Uh, Tucker Craft is fine at 3K, too. Like, I mean, Dontavian Wicks picked up another injury uh, last night. So the Packers, they're just so depleted, right? With Aaron Jones working his way back, Christian Watson's still injured. Uh, so Tucker Craft, I think, is in your pool too. So there's a lot of good options, I think, at tight end, which means they'll all fail. Of course. Uh, one of my best ball mania teams that advanced, of course, does have Chig. And when I look at that roster, I'm like, my tight ends were Chig and the Muth. How did that team make it through? But I got a, you know, <laughs> first place on the back of, I think I, my, my running backs, I just ran super hot. It was like Kyron, Mostert, Jerome Ford, all the boys, all all the running back boys all decided to join that squad. But um, yeah, those are early in the week. Kyle Pitts, I just want to mention that his usage this past week was the best it's been the entire year, 85% of the snaps, and most routes run on the team, like more than Drake London, Kyle Pitts was used out there. Um, imagine that. Do you see the story that came out where they're trying to figure out for his fifth-year option, is he going to be a wide receiver or a tight end? I did see that, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there's no way the Falcons are going to pay $19 million to exercise his fifth-year option. If he's if they classify him as a wide receiver? Yeah. There's... Not a chance. Yeah. Anyway, um, at defense this week, there's some cheaper options that I kind of am into. Uh, the Packers at home, are 3K against the Buccaneers. I think they're a solid, safe, unsexy play. Uh, but hit me with a couple of names you like. Yeah, kind of like the Giants. Um, they've been playing a lot better defensively in recent weeks. I talked weeks. you into it. You sure did. Uh, taking on Derek Carr, who's been terrible, truthfully. Um, and the Saints are still dealing with major injuries. We'll see on Rashid Jaheed. He has not practiced since his quad strain, so I'd be very surprised if he plays Obviously, we know the story with Michael Thomas. Um, you know, Taysom Hill is still banged up. Like, you could see a depleted Saints team at home taking on the Giants. So, at 2,700, I think it's an interesting pump play. I just want to, I, I couldn't play this team in cash, but in tournaments, 
The Bills are 2,400. It's so rare to find a home favorite that is that low at 2.4. It's just not something that DraftKings ever does. So they're, they're a team that at least you need to pay attention to. If you think that game goes south, and their defense clearly showed up this past week against Mahomes. So 2.4, they're interesting. The Jets are cheap at 2.5. But, you know, the, the teams, the really good defenses, you're going to have to pay up in the high 3K range. Like, if you want New Orleans against Bryce Young, if you want Cleveland, if you want any of those teams. That was teams, last week, dude. You, what? You said New, New Orleans, Orleans against, against Bryce Young. Oh, dang it. That's because I played them in my home league. <laughs> uh, New Orleans against uh, Tommy DeVito. That's who they play this week. There you go. Uh most sacks in the league, by the way. Uh, Is that Tommy? The Giants are giving up 5.3 sacks per game. Yeah, but he didn't really take any last night. Uh, yeah, he, it's because he took nine one one game and just got I know. demolished. <laughs> I he, know. Okay, so Tommy DeVito is riding high right now. Is this like a like a situation where like, hey, do you remember when we had that really cool Tommy DeVito like three-week thing? I think so. But also like as just a fan of fun stories like this i kind of hope it continues like good for him man he's coming out he's clearly doesn't have like that much pressure to win so like he's just going out there and playing and having fun and uh the story is fun did you see the the picture of his uh <laughs> uh it's not his what is his it his agent? his agent yeah i was gonna say his brother but it's not his brother his agent uh was incredible i mean just literally perfect of what you would picture for tommy devito's agent Yes, and there's one of my best friends. The way that he trades in fantasy league, that is what he looks like to me when he's trying to trade, <laughs> just like with the fedora and everything else. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. We'll direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg and Bets. You can hang out, and I feel like this year people have been bullying us a lot. Like I felt very, very bullied by people just taking our money in the lobby. On Monday night, I had a team that was sitting in third place for the first half demolished in the second half no shot at all felt like a real smart guy and then not so yeah people need to come play with us right yeah it's a lot of fun man i think people are having fun with those contests and we always like seeing you guys win money so come take our money please yes please do it ballersdfs.com that's gonna do it bets tell everyone goodbye yes fun slate ahead i hope everyone had a great monday night two game slate we got a big game coming up this weekend with the Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk about it later in the week. Enjoy the week. We will see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.